You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in for another wonderful episode of SOB Style of Business. This is your host, Keetra, back with another hot guest. Today, we're speaking with Tempest Davis, who is a Army veteran, and she's also the tech founder of The Busy Business, which is a subscription-based collaborative community for millennial freelancers. And she's joining us today, going to spend some time telling us about her business, how she got started, and hopefully share some valuable information on how we can go ahead and move forward in our entrepreneurial pursuits as well. So without further ado, Tempest, how are you doing today? And thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great to be here. Like you said, I'm Tempest. I'm the Omni Bad, and I'm a founder of my new tech company, Millennial Freelancers, uh, based out of San Antonio, Texas, which surprisingly has really, really bad barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I was an Omni for about 10 years. And what's so weird about that, as soon as I got out, I kind of like floated from one thing to another. I went from trying to be a life coach to information systems configuration and going back into project management. But I really, the thing that struck me most was configuring SaaS products, so like human capital management products, which Exxonos is SaaS. And then I started going to freelance and doing that on my own. And I realized, like, I really didn't like doing that. I really wanted to come up with an idea that I could scale and help more people. And um, I, my kids are here. I have a dog. He's a shelter dog. He has the worst breath in the world. Good deal. Yeah. And I know that you, okay. So with the freelance stuff, I know we'll get a little bit more into the busy business and how that works here in a bit now, but how did you actually get started with creating that platform specifically? Well, I guess when I wouldn't say specifically for millennials, but I know it's more catered to millennials. Tell us a little bit about how you started with getting the platform off the ground and what inspired you to move forward with the concept. So just kind of bringing everything into one, what type of freelancers can subscribe to the service?
designers, product managers, IT, and digital marketers. So that's it. That's the only people I allow on the site. And that's just, I do that because I want to create a niche environment first for certain types of freelancers, but I don't think every product fits everybody. And I don't yeah. want to be everyone's welcome. That's another reason why I interview every freelancer before they allow on my website. That's perfect. I love that. Yeah, because I know there's a lot of sites and platforms that are, you know, might have a similar concept in terms of being able to aid and assist freelancers. But uh, the busy business is definitely, it seems like it's a bit more specialized. So how does that actually differ from some of the other similar platforms that you have? There are several things, but one of the first things is that we're subscription-based. So I'm not sure you know, but right now the freelancer market is a $1.7 trillion market. It's huge. But Upwork and Fiverr, they charge up to 20% commission. And an average freelancer makes $3,500 a month. So technically, they are losing $700 a month in revenue. Mm-hmm. And they're doing all the work. So for me, ours is subscription-based. So you pay right now the price point is at $12. Once you pay that $12 every month, any and all revenue from all your products go back to you. We don't keep any of it. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is autonomy. So you can put your own website on there, all your social media channels. Uh, you sell any digital products yourself. You can also sell that on your same portfolio. Most importantly is the ability to collaborate. So we create an environment where the freelancer is more focused on freelancer and not so much the client or the corporation or us creating more revenue for ourselves. And one big thing that we do is all our current and future development is done by the freelancer. So, for example, we have a graphic artist that created our header, and it'll, it shows their name. You click on their name, it goes right back to their portfolio. And we want to leverage our own talent. I didn't see the point of going outside my own community where essentially I have a whole community of people with all this talent. I need to use them. I think it also shows the consumer market that we entrust them with our own platform, so you should too. And another thing we're actually going to be doing is we have a Slack channel. So it's set up by the six different freelancers. So the graphic artists have their own Slack channel. And then they can get to each other, ask each other for advice. If they get a job and it's too big for them or it's too small, they don't have any time they can pass along to their other peers, which I think is really great. Uh, one thing we're going to do the next four months, which is the last thing, is meet us. So in a really big city like Chicago, there's about 30 or 40 um, graphic artists who want to get together. We set up a meetup for them. So we call the bar, like first 50 people get their free drinks, and they just sit there and they collaborate and talk to each other. So we really want to empower them. It's about the freelancers. So I really feel like... No one's giving them that power, which is weird because they make up one third of the workforce. But I thought everyone else is just using them to make more money instead of empowering them. So. Exactly. Yeah. No, that, I tell you what, you, you definitely kind of provided some details. I didn't even know like the market was that big. Um, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. A huge market. Yeah. So those, I mean, yeah, that's, those are definitely some advantages that the freelancers have working with your concept and your business. What do you think? Like, so, do you think like the freelance and gig economy will continue to grow like with all of the different um, advantages and the opportunities to really be independent? And then also, too, like with the side hustle, do you think that the uh, the opportunities will continue to grow and things will continue to increase? Oh, yeah, definitely. So right now uh, we make up about 30 percent. By, two, by 2028, they'll make about 50 percent of the workforce. So 50 percent of people working will be freelancing from home. That's a really, really big deal. And that's just a safe argument, a safe bet. So that's what they're projecting. It could, you know, it can increase way past that. But yeah. I think people just want work-life balance. I think people want to have a life. I think people want to walk their kids to butt stop. I think they're tired of making other people's dreams come true while they're working 40 hours a week and not seeing any return on their investment when it comes to their happiness and their life and travel. I think people want more freedom. So I think it's, I think it's 
growing in the gig economy and working from home. I really, I love this direction. I just want to make a more happier people, happier families, happier children. So. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I certainly agree with you there. And as far as the busy business, did this start out as a side hustle for you? Or did you, like, how did you no. go about it? Um, it started out fully as I want to create the software, that product. It was never a side hustle. Um, so when I first started doing it, it was March 2018. And by May, I had given my job where I was considering um, that product. I gave him my two weeks notice because I was... I, I was having a hard time being in yeah. meetings to also trying to build this software. And it was just too much that one of them had to go. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this full time. I don't want to work for these people anymore. Like, I'm doing something that I want to create for myself. So I had to step out on faith and hope that, it, you know, that it's successful. So. Gotcha. Yeah, love that. And speaking of software development and all that techie stuff, let's talk about being a Black woman entrepreneur in the tech space. What changes are you noticing involving like uh, inclusion and diversity? So, I don't, I, ooh, how do I answer this question? <laughs> I don't think that the playing field is leveled, right? It, it, it'll be a while before we see that. But I do see more VCs, angel investors, more accelerators, more incubators, including more black women entrepreneurs and more tech. So then when you look at the black woman tech competition, which is great, yeah. but I'm more concerned with, I really don't like to worry about what they're going to allow us to do, right? Yeah. I, if I give you my money, I'm still going to be successful. And I think once we start thinking like that and using and leveraging each other and reaching across, our uh, own resources, like, let me go ask Bethany what she's doing. Let me go ask Samantha what she's doing. Instead of us being so worried about those, you know, the white knights, the VC, then we, we will have more power and we can have them come to us. So more concerned with us using each other. And um, what I see, which is really great, is black women just being proud to be a black woman tech founder. I know I just graduated um, Founders Gym, and I love, it was black men too, brown men and stuff, but I love seeing all these black women in tech space. It was crazy. So I, outside of that community, I don't really see that a lot, but it was so great. And these are remarkable, intelligent women. So we don't really, once we start using our resources with each other, we really don't need anybody else. So I love that they're using that as a strength now, and they're not shying away from it. I'm a black woman, and I'm in tech, and you can do both, and that's what it is. And I, I, I love that. I think it's great. Good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of resources and just, you know, collaborative efforts, can you give us like one or two resources that help you get from initially having the, the busy business as a idea to actually bringing that concept into an actual business model? Can you share with us a couple of resources that helped you? Oh, yes. Um, so I created a business plan in my head. <laughs> And that's not the best way to do it. So I went back to Starboard, and before I did anything, I created a business, business model canvas. It's based on a visual chart. It gives you, you know, your value proposition, your customers, finances, and resources. Basically, your business yeah. is a screenshot, basically. And that really helped me define my business model because I think we know we want to make money. We know we need customers, but you need, from A to B, there's a lot of stuff in between. And it helped me see that acquiring customers should not, should not be my first priority. I need to understand my activities, how they link to the customer segment, which gave me my ideal customer, which then gave me my call structure. But I need to know how much is that particular customer going to pay for this particular product. Yeah. So I think a lot of times we start at the end. Like, oh, this is my, my customer. They might not even be your customer, but you have to put the time to realize how your market fits with that type of customer. They may not even fit with it. They may not even need it or like it or want to pay for it. So the business model canvas really helped me redefine 
like that. And I had to take it, but I was scared because I put all this time into this small business. I guess, like, no, I want to help freelancers. Yeah. And I don't want to small businesses anymore. So, not being afraid to pivot. It's okay to change your mind. You know what I mean? Like, it's your business. Don't just push it because you put all this time and it ends up not working anyway. So, Exactly. No, I, I love that. And as far as having that idea and just deciding to move forward, did you find anything intimidating about creating that process as far as getting your business up and going? Like, what sort of challenges did you run into? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> so, I love my developer now, but I went through three, I said three and a half, three and a half developers. Oh, before. wow. Yeah. I don't know if I count him. But it was horrible. Like, that was money. Like, one time, when you were talking about spending money and not seeing a return, like what kept you moving forward in that process, even though that you weren't turning a profit and you were kind of throwing money out the window, so to speak? It wasn't one thing that kept me going. It was just, I understood that it was okay to be upset, right? We just want to kind of like brush through our emotions. Like, oh, don't be, it's okay to be upset. I took a couple of days off. I respected my mind. I hung out with my kids. And then I came back a couple of days later. And I think it's important to take a break when you are upset, not to rush through it or puddle through it. And that really helped me. Like, you can, you can chill out for a minute, but then get back on that horse and keep right. That's what really helped me to take that time to be upset. Like, it's okay. It sucks, but what are you going to do about it? That's basically what I had to ask myself. Like, and then you can be sad, but then you need to get smart after that. That's like how yeah. I, what I tell myself every day. You can be sad, but then you need to get smart. So, and now, like, my developers, even hiring team members, I have a way more thorough interviewing process. Like, I want to see your previous work. I want to talk to your previous customers. You know, it's not, not something that I knew before that. But I just assume that you said you could develop a website, and you could develop a website. That's not the case, so. Yeah. And with and I'm curious to know, like, especially with something as it seems like there's a lot of, I guess, complex details that go into creating a software specifically for what you're looking to do. Was there like a learning curve? Like, did you have to learn some of the components just to know, like, the uh, functionalities? And- yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so I, so my website and my platform is an old lamp. I didn't know what lamp was when I developed a song about it. Right, yeah. 
greatest wireframes for my whole entire eleven page website. So I went to all these different platforms and I was like, okay, I like this, I like this planet, I like these colors, and I like doing wireframes for it. Like this is how I want their portfolio to look. This is how I want the digital dashboard to look. And it took forever. And then I had to create the copy for it, which I didn't know how to do. And the verbiage you gotta use depending on who you're talking to and show the value proposition. I'm having too much and small font and you hear white space in the background and like not have it cluttered and certain colors are filled in this market better than others. It was it was exhausting, but I know so much about web design now, it's crazy. I can imagine. I can imagine. You're probably an expert by this time. We'll, we'll look for you to create some workshops here in a bit. So, I hear you. So tell us about, okay, entrepreneurship in itself. What do you enjoy most about entrepreneurship? And then I have a couple of follow-up questions in regards to that as well. Oh, I love, like, being in control of my own destiny. It sounds corny, but I do. I like that I make making my own dreams come true. I'm not pushing anyone else's agenda. And I just love helping freelance auntie. I feel like they're, they're, everyone else is just making a lot of profit for them and not giving them their own business tools to leverage their own business. Like, freelancers are entrepreneurs. So that's mm-hmm. not how they're treated. They're treated like, like minimum wage workers, and that's not what they are. So that's, like, mostly what I enjoy, the best out of everything. And just being able to work from home, uh, run my business, and I have two girls, so I love that. love it as well and this you you pretty much just answered this but the follow-up question was uh what do you enjoy most about your business and giving back to freelancers like i said just giving them autonomy and control and giving them that community i really think it creates more loyalty because i know right now um retention rate for big corporations are very high there's no loyalty anymore nobody wants to stay and work for you because they're not being treated right and so i think we need to go back to motivating and engaging our customers our customer base and keeping them happy that they stay longer. It's not the pay that makes people stay. It's feeling respected and appreciated. So I'm going to give them that, that feeling again. I don't think anyone should hate what they're doing. So. Love that. That is excellent, excellent. Tempest. All right. Before we wrap up, ma'am, please leave us with some words of advice to emerging entrepreneurs and those aspiring to launch products specifically in the tech space. Each other's businesses and helping each other strategize a little visual think tank on the phone for three hours. 
But you, you really need a community. That's like 60 plus black and brown tech times I get to talk to, like every day, and I love it. But you need those people because my regular friends, I they can sympathize, they can support, but they really don't understand what I'm doing. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely makes sense. All right. Tempest, please let us know where we can find out more about you online and also your company, The Busy Business. Uh, feel free to leave websites, social media handles. If you have a Facebook group um, or any upcoming events and things like that, feel free to share that as well. Well, I actually will be going to the Veterans Business Battle, which is like the biggest, the biggest business plan competition for veterans in Houston next month for an investment opportunity for 100K. So hopefully I go and I Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Tempest Davis, for joining us. We appreciate it. You'll definitely have to come back and let us know how you did with those upcoming events. We're rooting for you. And uh, we appreciate you being a guest. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.